probably oh. my sister, our faithful, <laughs> faithful viewer. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, hello and everybody. Welcome back to the comeback podcast. This is season two episode, I believe seven. This is crazy. Uh, it's just flying by. Um, yeah, we just uh, we have a beautiful guest here today. But before we jump into that, we're just going to do a quick check in. How is everybody doing? How's this week? Today's a really big day for Shyla. So we're going to um, <laughs> we are going to focus on that and then kind of just get into some conversations. Um, but yeah, so Shyla, tell us about how's your day? Good, good. Um it's exciting. Um, myself and the guest that we are having today, Marcia, just graduated as 500-hour um, yoga teachers. So we're kind of riding the high with that. Super excited. Um, yeah, it's it's it has been an emotional week, though. You know, mm-hmm. with everything going on as well. So um, it's 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 a lot. It's it's kind of like the highs and the lows, you know. But we're we're, we're going, we're making it through, you know, day by day, day by day. Kayla, how was your week? Uh, my week's been good. Uh, same as you both. It's been pretty tough with the most recent news that's come out um, from Kaosis First Nation. So that's been really heavy, really tough. Um, I took a day off of work just to practice some self-care and kind of do some healing and things like that or like I guess yeah as best as I could um still pretty shocking and devastating at this point but um for the most part things are really good how's your week going Alicia it's been good things are uh things are pretty good right now like it's we're getting into like a good routine again Hunter and I um you know moving kind of put us like in like a really weird frazzled type but now we're kind of getting back into our little routine and we're just enjoying it um hunter was sick this week so that was uh scary but he's good now and uh yeah it, and it's been really heavy and i kind of want to just take a moment and and to like think like you know us as indigenous women like you know if our grandparents um were one of those children that didn't make it home you know like we wouldn't be here like we wouldn't um you know have this life like we wouldn't be able to continue on and so you know like i've been really reflecting about um this and to think like each one of us is like either second or third generation from residential schools like everybody that we know and so you know i've been really struggling with um you know doing the podcast i think even at this time like when we are you know with what's going on in the world but then also knowing that like we still need to be having like these conversations we still need to be talking to other indigenous people because it's so important to see that we are still here that we are still claiming these spaces that we are like we didn't get to you know taken out and um but it's tough because you know what's going on you don't really feel that you want to have these conversations because it's so you know heart-wrenching and you know the discoveries and you know Canada had only said that there was 6,000 children that have died in residential schools in the 100 years that they were open but you know we've discovered we've done what I think five schools and there's over 1,300 children and people in these graves and it just doesn't make sense like there's 139 schools within Canada And we've only discovered five of them. So the numbers in the weeks and the coming years and the months ahead are going to be tough. But I think like really taking in that um, that moment and to reflect into this and like always continuing to know like what we're doing here on the pod and talking to people and, you know, just knowing that like 
these like indigenous excellence is it right and and you know our guest today is from the states and looking into the states um there i think there was like 350 residential schools out there i'm not familiar with the states so i can't really like share too much about it but um i was just i just seen a post and it kind of just shocked me because the states haven't really even um taken into acknowledged it right and so there's a lot of uh emotions with that as well so that's kind of my thoughts and feelings about that today but I was hoping to maybe do an episode about intergenerational effects as well kind of in the coming weeks and to you know see how does that really play a part in each of our lives and how come um, our people are the way that we might have uh, facing with like addictions and stuff like that so that's kind of something that I was thinking about we can kind of focus on maybe an episode or something but yeah that was a big check-in <laughs> Um, but uh, Shaila, introduce our guest Um, Absolutely, do we want to have our moment of silence? Yes Before we start? Yeah, so we will um, So I guess some of our viewers, if you guys are not aware There was 751 um, unmarked graves found at the Cowses First Nations School I don't know how to say it Midday I'm not going to try, but it's Kauza's First Nations. And um, yeah, so we, I just want to take a moment of silence for all of the children who are returning home at this time. All righty. Thank you guys so much. Let's introduce our guest and get the show on the road. Absolutely. Well, I would, I am so excited to announce um, a friend who I have just met through yoga teacher training. Her name is Mercia Cummings. She is from Maryland. She is so many things. She is a counselor. She's a podcaster. She's a yoga teacher and so much more. Um, Welcome, Mercia. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you all. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be here today. Um, tell us a little bit about um, where you're from, a little bit about your history, your background. We'd love oh, to hear a little right. bit about your story. So uh, I'm Marcia Cummings. I am a mental health therapist for, oh, how many years now? 15 years, 15, 16 years, I a lot of that's... years. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I, I say I'm the uh, curb name of my podcast is the curbside counselor. I call myself that because in my office, you're going to get everything. I'm cussing at you. I'll throw a pillow at you. I'm, you know, I, I have, I have native drums playing, make people get up the stump. Like, okay, you got to get this energy out of you. I burning sage when they tell me someone's past or we're, you know, I, I have them singing a 60 year old woman singing trap music in my office. <laughs> and so a little Right, get a little bit of everything. And that's why I always say I'm very much influenced by my culture, being mixed, as well as um, I'm Buddhist, I'm a practicing Buddhist. So everything shows up in my office. So even when people call to schedule an appointment, I was like, okay, I come with warnings because if you're looking for your clean cut therapist, I am, she, I am not. <laughs> I am tatted up. And, and, and uh, so yeah, it's, I, I'm a little bit of this and a little bit of that. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Where is your reserve? 
So we don't have a reservation here, but my tribe, Piscataway Kanoe, we I'm still on a homeland generationally. So that's why when people are like, oh yeah, I moved here. And I'm like, yeah, nope, always been here. Part of me has anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, this half's always been here. The other half, you know, we were kind of forced here. So I think my thing was part, I think I said part stolen, part robbed, pick one. Mm -hmm. Um but uh, so it's it's still interesting for me to still be here and often wondering, like, what you know, what did my great great grandparents do here and mm -hmm. beyond that? And, and what were their lives like before that first contact? Because you got to think we were one of the first contact tribes here with mm -hmm. the Catholics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. John Smith made his way here in his unfortunate travels. <laughs> And like, just, so like, and even like having, cause you know, um, you know, being Afro indigenous, right? Like, so you're, you're kind of like, you're mixed, right? As you right. say. And so like, you have two very intense histories with, you know, not only indigenous, but then you have, you know, Afro and being, you know, enslaved mm -hmm. and coming, you know, forced into the States and that whole slavery era. And like, you know, so you got a lot of, um, but a lot of like intergenerational yeah, no. effects that plays on both sides yeah. right and so you know to even just see like the way that you're at and like being the mental health therapist and like having your podcast like I was listening to it and I was like yes girl yes like you know like we have so many like uh similarities and like our core values that you know what we were doing and like um again like if you guys have if you guys just jumped on she's uh, the host of the curbside conversation Council. Counselor. 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 Yeah. Counselor. Oh, goodness. No. <laughs> it's funny because it used to be called uh, Counseling Conversations and Motivation. Okay. So that's where it came from. So the okay. first episodes all have that name. And then I changed it last year mm -hmm. to, to my my nickname that I gave myself, the curbside counselor. I so love that. That's all the confusion. Yeah, I love it. Cause I was like, I was just listening to the episode today and that's I swear awesome. it was <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> <laughs> because when I made the thing for online, I put conversations. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, it's crazy to like think like, you know, and like you're, you're in like a mental health therapist and like, you know, you're doing the damn thing and you know, you're, you're taking on other people's, um, you know, traumas and you're helping them work through it. And so you have to have like a good understanding of like your own. Right. And so, mm -hmm. um, but can you share a little bit about like how you kind of got into that? Cause you've been doing it for like 15 years. Yeah. So you have to think I've definitely had to work through my own traumas. Uh, first of all, it wasn't a, you know, you didn't talk about being mixed. You were, especially here in Maryland. So Maryland, DC and Virginia, you were either black or white. There was no, so you got to think the paper erasure of indigenous was already there. Mm -hmm. So even though I knew family wise we were and but that kind of just stayed where you were, because the moment you said it, people just looked at you like, hmm, really? So trying to first even figure out my own identity and then losing the fact that I had to stop trying to prove it. Mm -hmm. Oh, but I am indigenous. Oh, but I am black. I'm black enough. I'm indigenous enough instead of just saying, hey, I'm both. Mm -hmm. So going through that and finding my own my own way and embracing everything that made that made me me. Mm -hmm. um, I always knew I was going to be a counselor. Like I literally in middle school thought I was a counselor and would always give advice and everything. So that piece was easy. <laughs> um, but even as a counselor, I had to grow in my identity because, you know, there's a certain way you're trained that you show up like this, it, you know, gotta be, you know, hi, how are you? And how's life? And that's not me. No, mm -hmm. <laughs> so trying to put that in, like 
I think if my professors now saw the tattoos and everything, they're probably like, some of them, some of them were like, yeah, Marcia was always the wild child anyway. Um, And then even as I'm showing up as myself, interjecting my culture into this, this framework. And it really feels, because there is a difference as, for instance, I always think of healers and indigenous cultures. We were a part of a community, but it, as, as a therapist, as a healer, we're told, oh, you know, there, you have to stay disconnected. Mm-hmm. But that just never felt natural to me. So trying to find this road that I was comfortable with that allowed me to stay connected to my clients without being reported to my board, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then as I've met other uh, therapists or counselors who are indigenous, also realizing they, they too still have that disconnect as well, that they really feel like, but I want, you know, that these are folks who I'm re- not related to, but you know how we are related to yeah. in our in our community, <laughs> and just and just kind of finding that balance too. And like I just like think like because even talking like you know the traumas and you growing through yourself and you know um, finding that identity and I I'd seen this thing and it's like you don't have to be put together to be able to help other people like you can you can be exa- oh my goodness you can't bring a dog on here I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to start barking. So. <laughs> I saw her barking coming. So that's why I was like, oh, let me get her now. <laughs> I'm like a huge dog lover. <laughs> um, but like, I, yeah, I had like seen like a quote about. There's a scary thing. Oh, this is Shiva. <laughs> Sorry. Shiva, that's okay. Shiva's going to start barking if she didn't get picked up. She's oh, a, she, Shiva the oh. diva is what I call her. Yeah. To the diva. We love her. Already. Join us on the podcast so yeah she's a cute Welcome little pupper. our other guest Sheba <laughs> yes um but oh yeah that's what I was <laughs> see you we, the dogs they just distract me they do. um but no I was saying like there's there's this thing and it's like you don't have to be like fully put together or totally whole to be helping other people in like exactly. a line of work right like and like the way that we help other people and like this you can talk <laughs> like share your experiences on it but like like I feel like the most realist people that you talk to are the people that go through stuff and the people that are, you know, are overcoming these things and can really get down to that re like the reality, the like the real raw part of it and be like, Yeah, this is it, but like what are you gonna do to like how are you gonna better your life? Mm-hmm. This is like what I did instead of like sitting with somebody who might not understand, you know, like the traumas exactly. or, or the things like, you know, for myself, like finding uh an indigenous um therapist was game changing mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. talking to a non-indigenous and therapist because it was kind of like they already knew about the you know the intergenerational like they knew about yeah. it so it was kind of like you didn't have to say and so like with you and like having your like the way that you've done it like you're gonna bring a whole different um approach to it right like oh yeah and i wish i could tell you like oh my life's perfect and i figured it all out so first of all most therapists get in this field because we're trying to fix ourselves <laughs> Let's be honest. So every therapist out there is probably going, yeah. But then because we we were almost pushed into doing the work, most of us do the work, some of us don't, then we can really show up for our clients because now we understand the process of doing the work, how it looks for us, how it feels for us. And then we understand what we need it and then how to best show up for our our clients and I think that becomes very important so and that's why even on my social media I you know even though it may come with a pretty picture because I paid for those pictures they're going to be used <laughs> um I like I think I put I said I what did I put the last night like or this morning like you know I I 
I've now basically I've shown up more authentic that I showed up in this in my survivor mode, but now I'm starting up in my thriving mode, something like that. And it's important because I don't want people to think, oh, I always have it together. That No, even when I have it together in this instance, there's still work to do here and there's still work to do here. But I'm so open to do the work because I don't I don't ever want to stop because healing healing is not a, a destination. You don't get healed. You're all you're healing until the day you die. And mm -hmm. so even us showing up here today, like you said earlier, we are literally showing up for the ancestors like these children they're not being discovered they're showing themselves to us mm -hmm. that's how i feel mm -hmm. i really feel that like think about it. they've been there this whole time they could have been discovered uh, i mean i understand they weren't pressed to find them mm -hmm. i know that much but i feel like they're showing us because they're letting us know something's coming mm -hmm. something big and even though yes we're, we're seeing this in canada it's working its way down Mm -hmm. and we're talking about the United States. We're talking about Mexico. This is, it's a rumbling coming. I always say this is the ancestors calling. I don't know what the, what they're going to say, but I'm going to sit back with my popcorn ready with my tea. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so the work we're all doing, even this podcast is powerful because we're putting our voices out there, speaking up for the voiceless folks, these children that couldn't speak, mm -hmm. they've made this possible. And just, so our healing impacts them as well. And that's why they're letting us know whatever we're doing, we're doing it right. That's why they're showing up for us. Mm -hmm. I think actually some of the numbers that we posted on our, our post, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know all the states, but I think one of the numbers was from Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. oh, so it? I think, yeah, I like, I'm just going to go back to our post, but I believe, yeah, one of them was. Right. And remember, our, uh, Debbie Halan is uh, open investigations now. So the United States won't be able to duck out of this one. Mm -hmm. um, Carlisle. Carlisle. Yeah. yeah uh, they, there was 180. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was in. No, that's, that's that was the PA was stood for a state. Pennsylvania oh, is Pennsylvania. not it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, I thought that was. It's not PA like Prince Albert, no. Okay. Because okay. all of our other places have the province beside them, so. Mm. Okay, so we are adding. Yeah, so, I yeah. think I think like there was this picture that I just uh, seen. I think we had shared it on the comeback too, and it was like the I forget the artist, um, but it's like a it's a child underneath, and then and then it's like a light down mm, and i've seen it it's and it's beautiful. just so like oh my goodness like you know they but, are showing ourselves like there's something that's going to change mm -hmm. this is revolutionary we are mm -hmm. this is this is the time of healing and this like we can't turn our eyes and and you know i think we've spoke about this on the pod as well like i've never seen so many you know uh, non-Indigenous people speak up about these issues and it makes me proud that a lot of my friends are finally, you know, speaking up because they're educated and now they're actually seeing the numbers and they're seeing the realities. And so I think now, like, it is going to be a ripple effect. It is going to mm -hmm. make change. We are not going to just continue to sit there. And I think, you know, recognizing it and allowing um, us to heal through this, right? And and it's, it's going to be crazy, but it, it's going to be so good and um, it's yeah. going to be tough. But I think like this is the way of like reconciliation, right? At the same time. Because healing doesn't happen too mm -hmm. often. We're looking for healing to be like this rainbow over our head, hair flowing in the wind. I know I don't have any hair, but just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hair flowing in the wind and, you know, just like, oh, that's a peaceful moment. But the real peace we're going to be getting is going to come from chaos that mm -hmm. 
-hmm. crap is going to burn down, burn up. And we're going to be like, finally, because we're not quiet anymore. We have podcasts, we have video, we have people putting those emotions out. It's just not like they discovered it. And now it's just in a newspaper in Canada in a small little area, but I'll never hear about it. Mm -hmm. here in Maryland because you know that's over there or you won't hear about Carlisle because that's in the states in Pennsylvania like now we are and it forces us all to connect so it's not even just like oh this is just the indigenous in this small little pocket here and oh, this is the indigenous in Maryland or PA it's all of us we're all seeing this and we're all feeling the full impact of it and feeling that call from our ancestors and like I said this is I've just got my, like I said, I got my tea. I'm just like, let's see where this is going. I'm ready. And um, for those of us who don't know, do you know how many um, schools there were in, in the U.S.? If I remember three, I know it was over 300. Um, it was over 300. I can't remember the exact number uh, because the number has changed, too. And I think because some of them weren't reporting themselves as schools. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm um, looking on Google right now and it says okay. like, uh, the figures include the, it says 45 on reservation boarding schools, seven mm -hmm. off reservation boarding schools, uh, 14 dormitories. Yeah. Like, See how so, they... Yeah. So they're like, they're not right. saying. And so that's why it looks, <laughs> it looks different. Cause I think when I originally start learning about the schools, I think it, it said something like 20 schools. And I remember thinking that doesn't sound right. But then, like you said, dormitories, boarding schools, on the reservation so those were excluded out so the number grew and that's why i think mm -hmm. it's like at 300 when they really put the the full light on it so mm -hmm. so just like canada because i think a lot of times people were feeling like oh but that's canada we don't have that here and i'm like uh yeah we do yeah and we do. <laughs> yeah we do come on and that's why i said it's coming down <laughs> yeah the states has some pretty um dark history too oh. right like there's yeah. so much. And I mean, like you kind of, you understand both sides yeah. of it. Right. And so, I mean, on both sides of your family, which is crazy. And you got to think the boarding school, what was it? Kill the Indian inside the, the child. Man. Yeah. 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 Save and, the then, man. and then the and, slavery aspect. I Yeah. And so then, right. And then you add that piece of it, of just having your freedom completely taken, literally removed from your land. The mm -hmm. only land you know, brought to the strange land and then just, killed, murdered, raped, beat, and just like the indigenous language stolen from you, clothing st stolen from you, and just, uh, and then making your way. And, and even if you think about it now, not really belonging anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. I have like a quick question, like, cause like, you know, being Afro-Indigenous and being mixed and, um, not looking like that, that normal indigenous look. Right. And so, you know, how did you kind of grow up? Like, when did you kind of really step into your Afro and your indigenous and in, in like indigeneity, right? Like, right. when did you finally step into that and be like, I'm both and like, or did you struggle? Maybe you didn't struggle and you knew. Oh no, I struggled because I, so I remember in middle school, a friend of mine, um, we were in seventh grade, Charmelina, I'll never forget. And she was mixed. She's mixed black and white. And so when she, there, we're putting our, um, we're putting our race and she says, oh, well, what do I put? And he said, well, you do, you put black. And she says, but I'm not just black. Mm -hmm. And that's when it hit me like, wow, I, I, so I, I'm just black. You know, I, at home, I was always told that we were, I was mixed, but it was the first time I actually became aware of color. Like I knew it. Because, you know, I showed up in the world as a black woman mm -hmm. before anyone sees anything. When they see my mom, 
they knew, but when they saw me, it was like, so where'd that one come from? Because <laughs> <laughs> my sister, my older sister looks more more of the part, let's say that, but you know, she had the long wavy hair and then hair, this child comes, I got an afro or, or afro puffs because my poor family didn't know what to do with my hair. <laughs> And so I was always trying to find that place where I fit in because I was never black enough. Oh, well, you're too light. You're not really black. You don't have the black experience. Oh, but you don't really look indigenous. You know, I had long hair, but different hair texture and you don't quite look. Well, you know, like, except, oh, but the cheekbones. Oh, I can see it, the cheekbones, which to this day, I'm like, what? <laughs> that's all it took. As long as I had the cheekbones, that's all. Um, and so instead of so then it was on a period that I didn't identify at all as indigenous because it was just like, you know, it's just easier to say black people. But even then people weren't accepting of that. People would make comments like, oh, you can't just be black. You're too pretty. And I remember hearing it as a kid, knowing it didn't fit right. And then when I was older, realizing that was an insult in itself, too. So first of all, it was just figuring out who I was, you know, beyond what everybody else was telling me. And so I was probably in my 20s when I finally just said, F everybody, who am I? And started doing that work to figure out who I was and and not worrying about that. I I had to look this way to be black, but had to look this way to to be indigenous. And then also even with my hair texture, learning to love my hair texture because I, I grew up, my, my mom would relax it right away. Mm-hmm. And I was to straighten it. And so I hated my hair because I didn't have hair like my mom, my aunts, my sister. My dad's jeans were strong. <laughs> <laughs> and so even learning to love my hair in my 20s that I, I now I tell everyone I have all the ancestors in my hair because I literally do. Mm-hmm. My barber cracks up to this day. He's like, because he has to cut my hair in so many different directions because I have so many different textures. Mm-hmm. And, and just learning to love every part of me that, no, I don't show up in the world looking like anyone but me and loving it. And if someone... And not having to prove that I'm indigenous or not having to prove that I'm black because I know who I am and I'm showing up in the world as both. But, you know, I'm very much aware that when I show up in the world, I show up first as a black, as a black woman. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. Um, I just wanted to touch on, I know we had chatted about it before, but the Sephora campaign, I, I, it was funny because when we first talked about it, I thought it was just um, broadcasted or posted within Canada, but the U.S. Um, saw it as well. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that. And So it may not be popular, but so when I first saw it, I was happy to see Indigenous women. Mm-hmm. But then I do understand also that so often Afro-Indigenous are left out the story. We are. So I get that piece of it too. Um, I didn't like that we attacked the models because I think, I'm I'm guessing, I can't speak for them. I think that when they were showing up, they were showing up for all of us. And I was happy to see someone that looked like so many in my family, my cousins, my mother, my sister, my, my grandmother, like, and literally one of the women looked just like a younger picture of my grandmother where it was just like, oh, so, you know, to me, I was so happy to see that. Um, so, but I think this does, I think for me, that leads us to a different, a bigger conversation amongst ourselves. It's not that campaign's responsibility, it's amongst ourselves of how do we include everyone in this picture? How do we not leave anyone out? And also the anti-Blackness that does exist mm-hmm. in, in throughout the country and, and, and even in Indian country. And how do we have this dialogue that we don't get so mixed up in, in 
certain mindset that we lose ourselves in it because it's very easy to want to attack that 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 campaign but i i still i still see the beauty of the campaign mm -hmm. I, I think it was very impactful and, and not just that because I, I always feel like as indigenous women we look like so many women across the world that we're not just showing up for ourselves we're showing up for other indigenous groups in australia and you know, if we look at certain places in Asia and, and even in Europe who still practice some of their indigenous culture, um, Africa, to me, they represent everyone and you know, the different African countries. So to me, it was just that's how I see it. And as I say, it may not be popular opinion, but that's that's my take on it. I, I'm happy to see it. I don't take away from it, but I do want to see uh, other uh, indigenous that do show up and look like me, look like me and everyone else in my family, too. And I think, um, I think this just opens the doors for that. Yeah, and that's you how know? I see it. And that's how I see it. That this, I mean, think how long it just took for them just to get an indigenous face on there. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like, I think that the conversations <laughs> are being yeah. had now, and yeah. I think that this, like, I do have hope that this is going to open the door for more people to. Mm -hmm representation like i really do think so right and that's why i didn't want to attack those models if i'm going to get on someone i'm going in on sephora all right well where where am i at what where's this person at where's that person at um the companies to be all inclusive with all of us mm -hmm. but i'm not attacking anyone else that i know is learning and growing just like i am too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but like I said, I, I think it's beautiful. I, I, I'm loving it. I'm waiting for us to catch up here in the States. Mm -hmm. <sighs> we're always last, I don't know, but I love it. And think about it, we're having this conversation where will we have, if we never saw indigenous face on there, we'd probably be like, mm -hmm. why aren't we showing up on Sephora? Where now we can say we're, we got the first step, but mm -hmm. now we need more. Yeah, yep. I love we're that. We're not done yet. Yeah, we're not done. We're just, and that's the thing. We're showing up in so many spaces now. That's why I say we are representative of so many indigenous cultures throughout this world. Like, I'm here for it. I'm. You know. I love this for us. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I think this is just the beginning, right? Like, yeah. it is opening the doors. It's, it's like I. It was the. It was the like. It was such a huge campaign too, right? And so I think right. you know that was such a huge hot topic. And now it's like I think from this we're going to continue to learn as we mm -hmm. have done with our history and our exactly. And then even having our own conversations when I have to tell them that you know Indigenous people didn't have color. That 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 came from a different mindset. And, and so that it's also a reminder that we have to get back to that. That it you know here. You know, we got the blood quantum like, oh, well, if you're only this, then you're not really indigenous or you have to look like this, that we, we've got to get rid of that. I'm not even worried about support anyone else. We get rid of that. Then we worry about everyone else. Yeah. The blood quantum in the States is is crazy. I learned about that in university in one of my yeah. classes that you have to like provide your blood quantum to be able to be registered to a reserve like if yeah. you like if you like the states in canada we have uh, many similarities with it but we have many differences with right. the, within the two countries like it's crazy um so if any of our listeners want to like research that like definitely do it i don't know a lot about it i took only a few classes but it's intense yeah. the blood quantum so what is like what is it like on your reserve so we um don't go on blood quantum we, it's just your family tree and i think we go five generations Oh, um, so I think 
So for instance, if my daughter and her daughter, so, so by the time I great, great, one of great grandkids, <laughs> <laughs> then I guess, but I'm hoping by then it won't matter that if they're still involved in the, the tribe that they'll still be embraced, that that, that won't even matter. Mm -hmm. And when you have to think, it was just another way of controlling, you know, the, again, paper erasure of indigenous cultures, because the less indigenous were, the more land they could take or the more control they could have. And, and even when they think of the reservations here, like there were no benefits there point. You had to, you know, you had to apply just to leave your reservation. Mm -hmm. If you were just going to another re reservation, I think that, Right recently, I saw something where I think one of the presidents was at Roosevelt had to apply to go visit the reservation. So I mean, this this was just a, this was all control, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. many of us indigenous have gotten caught up in that, mm -hmm. or even that you have to look a certain way and present a certain way. But the blood quantum is a big thing for many of, especially some of the, many of the larger tribes. Mm -hmm. And I, I, system here in in. Canada called the pass system and same thing you had to apply to leave the reservation and things like that yeah hmm. and um just out of curiosity um have you had um I I don't really know how to word this my mind is kind of going mush um have you had um you know indigenous people not accept you or um oh, within the community and Oh, Can definitely. you tell us a little bit about that? You know, I've, I've, the had an event, the tribe did, and my husband and daughter are with me. My husband is black and Japanese, pick all of the above, but, um. Oh, so sorry, time out. I don't oh. know. Did everybody just freeze or was that just me? No. It was just you. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Like everything just froze. I'm so sorry. I didn't catch any of what you said. You said my all I heard was husband. Oh, no worry. So my husband is mixed black and Japanese. And so um, he and my daughter are there. And when we left, my husband said he never felt so left out. So I'm that vivacious personality. So if you don't like me, you're going to end up liking me because I just talk. Whereas my husband and daughter are more reserved. And they said they felt so unwelcomed because it, of how they look. And I just remember feeling so yucky about that because I don't want them to feel that way. So that's one experience. And then of course, if I tell someone who's white that I'm indigenous, oh, well, how much? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want a blood sample? Yay. <laughs> Here's a pea sample. Here's a strand of my hair. <laughs> Here's a booger, like what else? <laughs> <laughs> you might get some DNA on it. I don't know. But just like that that need of people feeling like they have the right to question me. And that's why I love when I saw this video when it was like, oh, how native are you? So native. Like, are you a quarter? I'm not a quarter, I'm a human. I was like, that is awesome. Like, I love it. But you know, people feel like I have to prove, like, who in your family? I'm like, would you, do you act, if I said I was black, would you say, well, who in your family's black? I need proof. I need to see the birth certificate. And no, you're not. So, or if they're white, well, how white are you? Like, no, <laughs> but why do I suddenly have to pick, pick, I have to prove to you my addition where I'm like, I've already proved it. I enrolled. I had to give my whole family tree. I've proved it to the people I needed to prove it to. 
got a whole card and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, and just even in the tribe and, and, and it's not comfortable. I, it used to make me angry when I was younger. It made me very angry. Whereas now, um, I just feel bad that people still do it. I mean, even some leadership have come at me a little crazy, um, mm-hmm. wanting to push me to the background because I, you know, I, that person, I'm, I'm asking questions, I want information, especially once I enrolled. I'm like, okay, what about language? What about this? What about that? And I'm sure it got annoying, but it was just like that push and then suddenly getting attacked. Again, attacked by the leadership's white wife, which was hilarious in itself. Um, and just realizing that they, they were pushing forward the folks that looked more indigenous or white passing versus a lot of the folks that were like, they would work with the folks that were, were presented just being black or Afro indigenous. But I think I know the forefront, they often were going for a certain look. So now it just feels bad because we've got so many of us have gotten so caught up in that colonialism aspect of what it should look like. Cause I remember even showing a picture of the tribe and someone saying, they don't look indigenous. What do it? Please tell me. What, what, is what do they look like? like what yeah. is like an indigenous support like person supposed to look like? Like right. I met yeah. so many people and they're like, "Well, you don't look indigenous. What am like, I supposed to look like?" Like, right. <laughs> like an eagle feather in your hair. Hello. <laughs> right. Can I ride my horse? Like I don't know what you want. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Ride up in here on my horse right. with a bow and arrow? Like, come right. on. And like, what do you yeah. say to like you know what do you even say to that? Like, you just like I'm just gonna start responding to like, did you really just ask me that? Like, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what you need to go in your purse and say, let me get my feather. Give me a minute. <laughs> um, I need to smudge. So to bring you some good energy. Right. Let me smudge you. But if I was I- just thinking, um, like, you know how you were saying you get questioned, like, well, how much, how, how much indigenous are you? Right. Who you know, so your family? Like, no one asks any like white people, like, well, yeah. how Scottish are you? Like, where's your kilt? Like, how right. are? Hopefully, that's right. Um, like, how Irish are you? Like, right. You don't have red hair. Are you sure? Like, not. Mm-hmm. And then you said too, like you mentioned, um, you know, being black. Like people see you as a black woman, so they don't ask you. Right. Well, they still ask me because I am fair skinned yeah. and I have green eyes, so they'll be like, "Oh, well, what color are you?" Especially like, and then when my hair is long, it just throws people off. <laughs> And so, you know, I, like I've had people when my hair is long, like pull it, I'm like, oh, that is mine and connected to my scalp and that's on in. Like, <laughs> and that's on that. No. Don't do that. Wow. So, what is your reply to people? So now it's just, um, well, it's, it's a few things because uh, I'm, I'm old and I'm a jerk now. <laughs> so, so a few things. So when it comes to my hair, people ask to touch, especially like when I had Afro and it was curly and people were like, oh, but it looks so soft. And I'm like, please don't touch my hair. Or one time. So one time I asked someone, could I touch your butt? And she says, what? And I was like, well, if you get to touch my hair, I get to touch your butt. And she says, what has to do not- with the, you know, what has nothing to do with the, I'm like, but it's on your body. Right. And my hair is part of me. So you touch my, now I was hoping she wouldn't agree to this. Cause I was like, damn, if she does, I got to stick with it now. <laughs> I'm going to have to touch your butt. <laughs> now, like, I really have to touch your butt. But luckily, she wasn't smart enough to say, go ahead. Because I would have been like, go ahead. <laughs> so, I said, you know, I understand my hair looks 
very inviting to touch because I even had a soldier once say it's like a, a, a cloud. I just want to touch it. And I was just looking at him like, if you touch my arm, I'm going to cut you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's how I tend to respond. When someone questions my, you know, how much I am and I'm just like, I don't know, you'll have to ask my grandmother. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, but she's dead. So good luck asking. <laughs> and usually just kind of just stunned, like, oh, and I just leave it at that. Um, or other times I've had to say, would you question someone's whiteness? Would you question someone you saw? It's like, well, how black are you? I said, so why do you feel comfortable with me when I say, oh, I'm mixed black and indigenous? That well, why did, why is there that comfortable? And literally like, you know, I never thought about them. I'm like, yeah, so next time someone tells you there's something, if they don't look like it, just go with it. Just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's it. And the other times, if I was just in one of those places that I knew I would probably lose it, I would just like, let me just walk away. We're not going to justify this with an answer. Usually I try to use humor only because the humor is like a smart ass way to throw them off. But um, yeah, I, I now, like I said, now that I'm older, I, the anger isn't there. Now it's just more the annoyance. Like, really? Do we have to have this conversation? Okay, like, let's have it. Yeah, like what the hell? What? Why are we like? Right. It is twenty twenty one now. Like right. we should not be having these conversations anymore. <laughs> right. Like if I said it, I'm not dumb enough to be like let me lie. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm Middle Eastern. I'm like, obviously, I'm not. But you know, just don't question it. Just, <laughs> just start lying and then just right, right. Are you sure you did this? I gotta ask my mama. She might have lied. Like she maybe I need to tell that. My mom and my dad lying all this time. Damn those people. Damn. <laughs> That's how I just start doing, just to throw it all off. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, just gonna switch topics here for a second, Marcia. You said you're doing some work in the community. Like I remember our last conversation, you said you were signing some papers to be. Yes. So I am um, working. So I, I do some work with some local organizations here. One of them being Native American Lifelines, which shout out to them. I love them to death. Um, they are in Boston as well as here in Maryland. And they offer like health care and dental care, which I need to call and make a dentist appointment myself. <laughs> um, and, and just a variety of things. So I am looking. But also here in Maryland, we have the Maryland Commission of Indian um, Maryland Commission of Indian Affairs. OK, I had to make sure I said that right. And so um, I've, I've been asked to join one of the committees on health and really focus on mental. Of course, my role will be the mental health piece. So I'm, I'm doing that. And, uh, I work with Native American Lifelines with also, with regards to seeing people on a mental health basis. I've been offered an opportunity to contract with them, but also then they were asking me to be on the board. So I'm like, I don't know which one I want to do. <laughs> you know, I like money and I like the help, but... <laughs> Also on the board, it's like I get to really get involved and be really impactful there. So I haven't figured out which way I want to go with that one. But the Maryland Commission, I'm definitely, so I just signed the paperwork, like you said, and uh, it was in my pile. I was just like going through it. And so hopefully that'll be starting soon and having fun there. That's yeah, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I, like I tell them, I didn't, you know, even when I registered with the tribe or enrolled to do it, but I was like, you know, I should do it, but that I didn't do it to be like, oh, I'm a card carrying native family. I'm dancing, you know, I got a whole card. I did it because I knew I wanted to get involved and I, and not just with my tribe, but just throughout the world and, and being a voice, uh, you know, an indigenous voice and as a therapist, having a platform to do that. And, and 
just and I tell people using a degree to my advantage. People think I know what I'm talking about. So why not <laughs> keep <laughs> just keep making them think that and show up? That's all. I'm just looking on your like, and you're pretty busy to be doing that because you have your own like practice here as well, right? Mm -hmm. Illumi? Yeah. Illumin. 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 Don't worry. Everyone tears it up. (laughs) Which I'm like, leave it to me to pick a name that no one can say. (laughs) You know, it sounded good in the moment. Now I'm like, yeah, I didn't think that went out. I was, I knew what it meant, but I forgot about everyone else. But like you are busy to, and so when did you open up the practice? So we've, I have a business partner, uh, Dr. Wade Green, and we've been in practice now this year will be year five. Wow. Wow. I think this is year five. Yeah. That's amazing. And so, uh, and it's funny cause we had just moved into an office and then a week later, you know, we shut down cause of COVID last year. I was like, yay. So my desk is literally still on the floor in my office. We now realize, oh, we got to actually put it together. And, cause we have clients come in and I'm like, oh yeah, ignore the doc- the box and my chair's in a box. So my office is a little hood right now. And so you had started your podcast right when the COVID thing had happened. Is that cause you didn't say why you had not something about your jobs? So I 19 you started, right? So yeah, I started it right before. So that summer I started it. And okay. then uh last year I was just struggling getting it done, trying to find time. And so I love recording the editing part. Oh goodness, just don't edit. <sighs> so <laughs> RBs I have to edit is because I have what's called clutter. So I have attention deficit disorder, I'm diagnosed with attention deficit disorder. And when I talk, sometimes I can get so into it that literally all you hear is oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I will talk so fast that you can't understand what I'm saying to the point. I don't even understand what I'm saying. So I just, I only edit for those moments because I can get so on a flow and I'm like, I'm sitting back, I'm talking, I'm having a good old time. And then I'm listening to it. And I'm like, what the hell did I just say there? <laughs> and like, I rewild it and listen again. Like, nah, I'm gonna have to, re- I'm gonna have to re-record that section. Cause I don't even know what I was trying to say. So then I got to go back, listen to what I was saying and figure out what the, what how to was- add on to that. So that's the only thing I edit. Like my dogs have barked in it. I have all sorts. I leave all those in it. Oh, okay. It, yeah. So I just listen forward and it's called clutter that literally it's, I, I always say it's my brain is moving faster than my mouth and my mouth is attempting to keep up. Mm-hmm. And so it just sounds like a bunch of jumbled words. So anyone else with, uh, or what is it now? Not neurodivergent or attention deficit disorder or ADHD will completely understand what I just said. What are, when they're like, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that happens to me a lot. Yeah, I got diagnosed with like ADHD in uh, high school or in uh, university in mm-hmm. like the 98th percentile because, you know, I like to go big or go home. Right. And all of them. Right. So, you know, Who 98 wants average. Per- <laughs> Who wants to be average? Let's hit up the 98th percentile range. And I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. Why? Because right. you have so many like thoughts and then you're like, oh my God, I got to do this like right now. And like, yeah, it's intense. I don't know about, I mean, I probably go on tangents of like speaking on the podcast a lot of the time and you get into it, but I'm just like, yeah, that's me. Enjoy it. <laughs> and it's easy, like interviewing, I'm fine or doing this, but it's when I'm doing it on my own that the, that, that, but, 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 like, it's just like the traveling <laughs> words come out. I'm like, I don't know what I just said. Or I've even listened to it when I finally said it live and, 
I've heard some episodes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably edit that next time because no one's going to know what I'm saying. But they'll figure out the rest of the conversation later on. (laughs) 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 So they're shooting fireworks outside. Oh, how come? What, like, is. Fourth of July is coming. Oh, right. So, you know, but we don't celebrate that here. Yeah. And we're we not are celebrating ha- Canada Day either. Yeah, we, we, we did Juneteenth, mm-hmm. which you know that if you're familiar with that, that's uh, <clears throat> when uh, the enslaved in Texas finally got word two years after Emancipation Proclamation, like, oh, yeah, you don't have to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was in a parade for that uh, with Indigenous Strong, a local nonprofit organization. And uh, yeah, so the fourth, I'm going to be at home playing with my toes. I don't know. And unfortunately, actually, I'm going to text my husband and tell him to come get the dogs. <laughs> yeah, so if any of our viewers, um, if they, she kind of explained it. Uh, it says here that Juneteenth is a federal holiday in the United States commemorating the emancipation of the African-American slaves. It is also often observed for celebrating African-American culture. Mm-hmm. Originating in Galveston, Texas, it has been celebrated annually on June 19th in various parts of the state since 1865. Yeah, and it just became a federal holiday uh, this year. Oh, so, amazing. Yeah, you know, it's bittersweet. It's like, yes, but we've been asking for so many, so much more, like vote, mm-hmm. continued voter rights, uh, the, the anti-lynching laws. Like, mm-hmm. it's good symbolically, but... We got to do more. Right, like, but what, what do I really get? Like, everybody gets the day off, so... Mm-hmm. Like, I put a post up with this woman joking, and she was like, I think white people should have to work today for free. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> i'm like everybody gets it off so even folks who don't wouldn't even celebrate they're getting off so what do they think of this day so yeah. well and that's like kind of the same like you know in yeah. canada we don't even have like an indigenous like we we have an indigenous people's day it was on right. june 21st but we don't have a oh. holiday for it and it's like right. we should be having holidays so i think we're i mean there's a lot of talk right now and a lot of people across canada right now are canceling canada day yes, a lot of um, towns and stuff like that are you know taking the time and so it is a step forward so maybe we will get a holiday next year to just to sit there and be deadly you know right and you know we Remember. have Columbus day and that's yeah. now many of the states are now changing it to um indigenous people day and i and, oh. <clears throat> so they are that's doing it cool. But the problem with that is we have a lot of Italians who are fighting that because, of course, for them, Columbus Day is their holiday, which is interesting because it wasn't their holiday. So a little history fact until maybe in the mid, maybe early to mid 1900s, because they wanted to show Americans, look, we've contributed to the American dream. So here's our celebration. So before that, nobody was celebrating Columbus Day. They didn't they weren't even worried about Columbus Day, but they wanted to be a part because as immigrants, they were being mistreated. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what's happened though is once they got that, now they've been ingrained into the American dream. They didn't take anybody with them, and if you think about it, that's the history of these countries, of both of our countries, in that immigrants would come, they would be mistreated, but once they were ingrained into the white culture and, and looked like and sounded like, then there were no more issues. But nobody turned around and said, "But while we're doing this, what about 
you know, indigenous? What about Hispanic? What about blacks? What about, mm-hmm. and, and that's unfortunate, but I think that's the big debate here with Columbus Day. Cause to me, it's a no brainer. Why are we celebrating this? He was a, a child rapist. He brought disease. He destroyed the Americas and the Caribbean with disease. Mm-hmm. And that's why the name savage came up by calling us savages. It dehumanized us. And that it's like, oh, well, we can mistreat them because, you know, they're they're less than us and mm-hmm. they're not as fancy as us. Yeah. And now, now the other dog has decided he's scared of the fireworks. So he's joining us. So this is Chewy. Hello, Chewy. Oh, goodness, Hi, Chewy. Hi, Chewy. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> uh, my dogs are outside. Their names. She'll appreciate the dog's names. So I apologize for this. That's okay. So I was just saying that my dog's names are lentil and barley. If you just oh. <laughs> I love it. I love that too. I love it so much. <laughs> They're the cutest. Um I was just talking like just uh when you were talking about um, you know, the immigrants and stuff, it kind of reminded me of like America being considered the melting pot. Right. So, um, like that analogy is that, um, you had like, when you came there, you kind of, you assimilated to what, um, American, that American dream was, and, and this is the way that it is. And, and so you guys are kind of dismantling that at the same time. Yeah. Um, being, yeah, because it, it's not true. It also forcing us to, for, all both all these countries to look at that. I mean, even in Mexico, when they they they're just admitting to their Afro Hispanic culture, mm-hmm. and like you have to think, no country in the Americas was untouched by the slave trade. So mm-hmm. everyone needs to admit to it, so that we if we want to heal, we got to we got to admit to our ugly past and, and and own it and 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 figure out how do we heal, how do we move forward, and and get land back. <laughs> <laughs> just threw it in there. <laughs> I love that one. Just snuck that one right in. <laughs> I love that. I just had to clear my throat. <clears throat> Little parch. That is the best. This episode has been amazing. I think it's the AC. Yeah, you know what? Like the dogs barking. Hello. <laughs> 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 Yeah, this episode has been amazing. We're already at 54 minutes. Does it seem like it's oh, been wow. 54 no. minutes? No, right? Like, I just looked. I was damn, okay, we can chat. I love it. Um, but I kind of want to know a little bit. I mean, there's a relationship between Shyla and Mercy. Mercy. Mm, sorry. My... No, it's good either way. At least you got the mer in there. Mer. I'm going to call you mer. Right. Because normally, let me tell you, I get Marissa, Marcia, Marcia, and I'm like... It's- there's a whole E there. there Mercia. Mercia. <laughs> I, um, I, so, but you, you guys know, little, like. Little extra with the Mercia, I'm cool with. Okay, we got you. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, you guys like. So today, you guys, um, con- like, you guys finished your 500 hour yoga training. So, like, what's the next step with this? Like, what? Ooh. Where do you guys envision? Shout out, I'll let you start. What do I envision? Well, um, I really envision um, taking, you know, this yoga practice into our communities. Um, Being now that um, I am trauma informed, I think it can really benefit um, our communities and our people. And um, now is the time. 
now is the time with everything that's coming up. So um, I just feel really called to to be in the community and to to um, to help out any way that I can. And Marcia, what about you? So the same, I, you know, I've been doing some work. Like I said, I did a whole series. It was funny. As soon as the class started with Native American Life, I was teaching yoga online. So that was fun. So continuing to do that, I do trauma work already. So I'm definitely excited to add the uh, trauma focused piece of yoga to it. Uh, and just, just continuing to learn and grow. I mean, it was so, wow, impactful, just spiritually, mentally, I, Charlotte, I think we both said we've probably cried more <laughs> in these nine weeks than I probably my whole life. And I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I mean, um, and, and just um, just see where it takes me. So what I kind of thought I would be doing, I don't know now. You know, taking it to the people, definitely. But just I'm going to let it kind of figure it itself out and just mm -hmm. not put too much planning into it see where see where life takes me mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely so tell us where can people find you all right so you can find me online uh, my web i have two websites and you know i'm going to consolidate them eventually to one but uh, conversationswithmercia.com that's where you can find my podcast the podcast is the curbside counselor uh i cuss on it y'all so you're easily offended <laughs> Yeah, there it goes. There yeah, that's go. uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> I cleaned up well there, y'all. Yeah, you the girl did. did my makeup. Woo. <laughs> there it um, and also my yoga stuff, which I've got to update, is do yoga ish.com because I always say I'm not completely yoga, I'm kind of you know, yoga ish kind of figuring that out. Um, and then of course, social media, you can find me on yoga ish underscore MC or making of Mercia. It's an Instagram. So still trying to figure myself out. That's why I was like making of mercy is perfect. Figuring it all out. Mm. Amazing. That. Thank you so, so much Thank for donating you. your time to us today. Um, do you guys want to like show us uh, a breathing exercise? Um, a Anything to do with yoga? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a pose? You know, I can, I'll do some breathing. Here we go. Let breathing. me do some breathing. Okay. All right. So actually, this breathing technique I love to do for folks who come. It's called the four, seven, eight. So we're gonna, and I'm going to count everyone. So you're going to take four breaths in. So inhale, you're going to hold for a count of uh, seven and then breathe out for eight. Now, if this is your first time doing it, you're probably going to get dizzy. Right. However, uh, it, with practice, it, it does become easier and impactful. So I would say if you're someone that loses your temper fast, this is actually something you need. So, all right, y'all ready? Already. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna count you in. So you're gonna inhale for four. So ready? I'm gonna count you in. And go. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Out. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, in, two, three, four, hold, 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And just bring your breath back to normal. I just got confused there, but it, that felt good. I know, I, yeah, I was gonna say I messed up on a hole, but. I got it confused happens. there at the last one. I was like, <laughs> I was like wait, I'm I out said, of breath. <laughs> it's all good but yeah i always say you can find that the four seven eight on youtube i like free 99 so perfect right and and it's good if you have someone counting out especially when you first start doing it just to get into that routine but if you're quick to lose your temper or if you just really need to settle yourself that to me is one of my favorites to teach folks to to go to That's amazing. Well, you are such like a gem and a light. Like I love your energy. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It has been wonderful. Um, So uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. Give us a review on Facebook, um, anything. So thank you so much. And we will talk to you guys next Sunday. Enjoy.